0: So, Faith Family Church, uh, mm. we just were blessed by another mm. phenomenal exposition mm. of yes. First John, um, by our beloved um, historian, soldier, mm. slash politician, legal mind, and. Uh, and pastor, elder, theologian, Dan Herbster. Mm. So, yes. Yes, his, his accolades go on for days. It does. They did. Do. <laughs> they did. Yeah, so it was just such a faithful exposition. And yes. I'm glad that we can come together as a panel and talk about it today. So mm. um, we're just going to open up really with really the, the first question. And, and how did this sermon uh, bless you
1: today? Mm. I'll start with you. It was it was really helpful in pointing out my sin, mm. as I said at the, at the end of the service. I have, I've had a tendency recently to scroll social media and um, drop kick people in my mind, right. slap them around a little bit in my mind, and um, this this sermon just kind of pointed that out, uh, pointed out moments I'm not loving people, I'm not loving towards, and gave me an opportunity to repent of that and get back in step with the gospel. So that was uh, that was really helpful. It was a, it was like a mirror today, showing me my sin.
2: Right. No, that's very good. Very good. And um, I, this, the same thing, I can get caught up in the social media thing where I'm angry at those people. And, and you know, there is really no distinction, apparently, between mm. anger and hatred in, in the yes. Bible, unrighteous anger. And so that, that, was a, that was something that just kind of popped me in the face is the mm. fact that, Mike, you can kid yourself that you're just angry, but in mm. fact... You're flirting with hate at the very least yes
1: so yeah i pointed out my sin also yeah and it's different with like men and men and women too so you know men will often express their anger face to face or or at least i do and um ladies will sometimes create scenarios in their minds that aren't that aren't real, but before they get out of the shower, they've been in three arguments already. You know that didn't, didn't actually happen. So we can do this. Like we can allow our minds to play games with us, yeah. and um, get get bitter really, really quickly. And, and bitterness is a substance that eats its container. It, it will destroy us, yeah. which is why this was so vital that we sit under the priest word. Our bitterness our anger, our hatred is pointed out, we repent of that, we move forward. And it's funny how it's so timely. Yes, you know, yes, with is. what's going
2: on yeah. here. I mean, it was for my word. Yes,
1: and, and when he talked about hate equaling murder, I thought, man, I have dropped a boatload of people this week. <laughs> I mean, I've killed them. Yeah. They're yeah. dead. They're gone. You know, oh, gone. You know, So it's, it is helpful. Yeah,
0: and I think it's just so helpful to realize that you know, you have to be deliberate about love, that this Mm. is something that you can just kind of do in a vacuum, that you have to continually put it at the forefront of your mind, and and to make that deliberate decision to repent of some of our own pride and our sinfulness, Mm. and to love people the way that Christ has commanded us to. Yes. Yeah. So this leads us into really our second question, and and that is, right now in the world, there's, there's kind of a distorted view of love that's being sold, that's being manipulated, and how do we kind of you know, fend off that warped view of love, and to keep a good biblical view of what mm. God has committed love to be. Mm. I'll start with you,
2: Mike. We we really don't know what love is, do we? I mean, mm. if we go by what the society says, or what I see on TV, or or, or this type of thing, we think it's uh, I don't know. It's what you see now. It's physical, as much as anything. Yes. Yeah, and um, we we our view is distorted because we are corrupt people. Mm. And so our view uh, of, uh, when our view is distorted, where do we, how do we get back in line?
1: Mm.
2: Well, the first thing I I have to do personally for me is to be in the word to understand, especially what we read in the sermon Mm. today, what true love is, what it looks like, Mm. understanding um, that it's not necessarily an emotional thing. That mm. it's not necessarily just an action thing; mm. uh, that uh, they go hand in hand. And so, uh, you know, it concern I was sitting there, and it concerns me that uh, even true believers don't know what what love is. Mm. That falls specifically on us because we're not in the Word, and we're not asking uh, the Holy Spirit to reveal through the Word what is it. What is love? Mm. Right. How do I show love? Yes. How do I show that? Obviously, in my family, but how do I show it to that messy person that that's right. I'm, I'm, you know mm. that I come yes. in contact with? Mm. And so that's what you man that that my mind is racing around that mm. right now.
1: Right, right. That's good. And so love. What he did today was he had the word love and then he tried to unpack it with our definition because everyone has a definition of love. Right. it's It's been defined by culture. It's been defined by rom-coms, you know, mm-hmm. uh, romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has a definition of love. And so we have to unpack the definition that we have of love and then pack that word love filled with the accurate definition, which is, which is from the Bible, which he did so faithfully mm, yes, at the did. end. This is love. This is what Christ did for us, loving the gospel. So um, that was great. Uh, from time to time when I'm counseling, I'll have people in marriage counseling, they'll say, I fell out of love. Like they just tripped one day and yeah. just like, whoa, fell out of the whole sphere of love. And I always say that, that love, love is a choice. I, I don't de- deny that you've probably lost some attractiveness. You have probably lost some feelings. Uh, but, but love is a choice. A friend of mine pastors in Texas, and he told me, Uh, story about his wife. He pastored a a large church and his wife would bring the kids to the church by herself because he had a lot going on. So one day she brought the kids to the church and she had like just handfuls of everything just trying to make it into the church. And um, (laughs) and a man in the church said, can I I help you bring this stuff in? You look like you're struggling and I want to help you bring this stuff into the church. And she said, yes. And after the service, she sat her husband, the pastor, down at this church of 6,000 people. And she said, I want you to know that um, I came this morning and I was struggling. I wasn't feeling loved by you. And um, I couldn't get all this junk, all the kids' junk, into the building. And so-and-so, she said his name, came to me and said, can I help you? She said, he, he wasn't flirting with me. He wasn't coming on to me. But I just want you to know that it it felt really good to be loved and cared for. When he said, how can I help you? It made me feel really good. And then she looked at her husband, which was the pastor of that church of 6,000, and said, I love God too much to divorce you. I just wanted you to know that. And, of course, he's, like, so broken, you know, because most guys, they think their marriage is absolutely perfect. You yeah. know, like, wow, well, I, I didn't know anything was going on. But that's the, that's the true definition of love, too. Um, the reason why I'm going to stick in this is because of my love for God. Not, not even my love for you, because I'm, my love for you can come and go. Yeah.
0: So, you know, as I was kind of thinking about this, about really the warped view of love in the world, we have to realize how much influence the world has on each of us. Mm. You stop and think about, you know, a lot of the kids are getting secular educations, they're playing secular video games, they're watching secular movies, they're watching secular TV shows. Music. So, music, it's right. like the ph- philosophers of our day or musicians. Right. Musicians. Yes. So I mean, you count how many hours per day and per week the world has an influence on our minds and then how very little we have in terms of
1: one hour. One, hour, one word. hour of yeah. preached
0: word, maybe a yeah. little bit your small group mm. or what's going on. So you have to be conscious and aware of of just the amount of kind of indoctrination that the mm. world is forcing upon not only our, our kids but ourselves and mm. how much are we taking in? Mm. How is that distorting our, our view of love? So I think that this sermon series has been just so very very helpful yes. to to kind of, you know, realign us to get that God view understanding of love mm. so that we
1: can then truly love others. Yes. It's also a perfect series. Mm-hmm to uh, preach sporadically yes. like he's doing because yeah. you can come in and come out of it at any time because John when he speaks is he's, yeah. he's cyclical like this Paul's point A point B point C John is starting at point A he's going to point B going back around hitting A going to point C going back around hitting B right. A yeah
0: right and so many other texts that you're going through and trying to expose it if you take those big gaps of time you're going to lose the context mm. but with John, it's easy to keep it's the perfect. context. Yes. You know, so you don't have to do all that. That pattern. book and Psalms, yeah.
2: you know, the Psalms yeah, I think
1: exactly. would be perfect. Yeah.
2: Well and you know, just add on to this, because this this we could spend all time on yeah. this question. But our, our language itself, we have one word for love. I mm-hmm. can love ice cream and I can yeah, love Yeah, that's my accurate. Wife. Yes. And there's a there is a gulf between yes. At least but,
1: four Greek words I can think of yeah, right now right. That, are, that are translated love, but are four different Greek words. Yes.
2: But somehow in this culture specifically, not, we're not talking about anybody yes. else, but in this culture specifically, it is just a lump mm. that is undefined, except yes. purely maybe by emotion. Mm. You know, maybe. So, mm. That's yeah, good. That's very good. So
0: this brings me really to the third <clears throat> question, is that how do you lovingly... Um, engage or encounter or deal
1: with conflict within the church? Mm. I've never experienced that. You haven't? No, no never. I just, never had it. <laughs> so let's turn Next right question. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, wherever you have people, you're going to have conflict. Yeah. And, and what a wonderful way to show the power of the gospel than to deal with conflict. And so there are conflicts that will make people leave from church that they should leave from church. And there are conflicts that make people leave from church where they shouldn't leave from church. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't walk out every single scenario. But there are, going, there are going to be conflicts, and let's just take it on a member-member level. So if I have a member that's in conflict with another member, the first question I can ask is, have you prayed for that other person? And 99.9% is no. Mm-hmm. And I know the answer before before I ask it right. because they're bitter at that person. And, and 90% of the times so they created scenarios in their mind with that person that have never actually happened. Um, people ask me all the time, what can I do for you? How can I help you pastor this church? And they're wanting like, can I bring you dinner? Can I do right. this? And I always say the best thing you can do for me is be in the Word every day mm-hmm. because you can't be bitter someone and you're reading the word every you're reading first john about love and the holy spirit is pointing that out to you yeah. like you are you are not a loving person and um then o- other conflict there are times where conflict it's too great and it has to be terminated and so uh, we've had that right. as well okay how do you handle a conflict
2: well you know we we've dealt with it I think if you are around people for more than five minutes, their conflict begins, you know. Mm. And it's, unfortunately, it is a part of churches. It's a sad part of churches. Mm. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, Connie and I, have just decided that there's certain levels that we won't get tore up about, Mm. but there are things that, especially when we talk about scriptural things, that... But it doesn't mean that we don't love those people
1: Mm.
2: or we don't mean that, you know, that we have bitterness or, you know, that's something that we've had to check Mm. constantly. We Mm. don't have bitterness towards this. There's sorrow. I think that's part of the emotion that comes on. But uh, let me let me just speak. You you did it on a person to person. Let me do it as a member towards the church. Yes. I could care less what color the carpet is, Mm. you know, as a pastor. People have Split churches over so color. Second Baptist yes.
1: Church, Third Baptist yes. Church. yes. Yeah. Hey, I, I have seen. I've been in a church one time in Florida with a business meeting, where they held up two samples of carpet, and the pastor said, "How many of you vote for this one?" And half the church raised their hand, including his wife. And then, "How many of you vote for this one?" And the other half of the church raised their hand, including him. And so they, the pastor and pastor's yeah. wife, are different. Yeah. And yeah. So um, some of that is church polity as oh, well. Right. Yep. And but of yeah. course we don't have that here. But the hardest thing
2: is for me to begin to put what I think my rights are mm. down, mm. come under the uh, authority of, of my elders and my pastor. That's a hard thing. That's not natural for Americans. It may right. not be natural for people in general, yes. but especially right. We're independent. for that. Yeah. Mm. And so I choose not to get tore up about some things. Mm. Uh, we all have different opinions. You have a different color, favorite color. You have a mm. different sports team that's mm. horrible.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. But we can,
2: you know, it's, it's about being, uh, there's, there's more important things. Yes. And so I would suggest that 99% of the things that cause us issues in church mm. are just nothing. Right. The music, the what, the the lighting, the mm. church, the, right. The, and I'm not talking about the theology. I'm, I'm right. just talking about just the mechanics. Yeah. Right. The peripherals. That's right. on me. Mm. If I choose to get that, that's on me. Mm. And you know what? I'm not doing. I'm not living out what we were preached today. Right. Yes. I'm being the opposite of that. I'm being divisive for the church. Mm. I'm going to start preaching. So yes. I'm going to stop. Yeah. But anyway, you know where I'm
1: going. We, we have um, you know four or five pastors or former pastors in this church that have pastored other places as well. And um, they did their music services a little differently. Mm-hmm. They did their order of service a little yeah. different. We are we are pretty liturgical here. Once Not today, but once we get right. back into our normal, yeah. whatever, Um and so it's, it's interesting that you have those four or five pastors who have pastored before and they did it differently, but now they're here and submitting to this and it's no problem at all because, number one, is there expository preaching? If, if there's expository preaching, then they can deal with the differences. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So one of the things that you said is, is one of the first questions you asked them is, is, "Have you been praying for the other person mm. that you're experiencing that friction with?" And typically, you know, the second question would be like, "Have you talked with them?"
1: Mm, yes. <laughs> so good.
0: <laughs> have you spoken with that person? Yes. You know, and, and so uh, I had a pastor when, when I was first saved. was pastoring a church, and he said all the time, ninety-nine percent of our problems he called TTOs, typical tiny offenses, just little mm. tiny things that people yes. just get good. upset about mm. and. and they don't ever want to talk to the person about it. They just want to kind of harbor and get mm. mad about it. And so, you know, I've, I've had conflict. I mean, I, I, had a, I had a brother back at my last church in Alabama that said some really bullheaded things. Mm. And, and I was quite mad about it. And, mm. and I had to go home and I had to pray. Mm. And, and uh, you know, when I, once I kind of calmed down and got my head mm. on right, you know, I texted mm. him, hey, we need to get some lunch, brother. And mm. so we met up for lunch. And I talked to him about some of the things he said. Essentially, I was doing the, the first step of Matthew 18, mm. You know, I mean, it, did, it wasn't going to ever go to step two, but if we handle a lot of these church conflicts lovingly, using that person to person, just reaching yes. out and talking to them yes. and coming to reconciliation, a lot of our problems in the church will quite frankly go away.
1: When I first trusted Christ as my Savior, um, I went to a local church. It was maybe, I don't know, 300 people, just a wonderful body in mm-hmm. North Carolina. And um, it was a more traditional church, so they did come forward, invitations. Right. And so I just trusted Christ as my Savior. And I was hitting the altar every Sunday, and just the Bible was tearing me up. Right, and, uh, right. and I remember one Sunday night going to the altar and praying about something, and then having a, another guy, same age, like seven, another 17 year old, mm-hmm. put his arm around me and he said, I need to, I need to confess sin to you. And I had never done that before, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. <laughs> what, what is this? Why is you, your arm around me? You <laughs> know? And um, he said, I've, since you've been at this church, I haven't even rejoiced in your salvation because I've been, I've been jealous. Like, you've been teaching, and you've been, you've been with, with the pastors, and I haven't. And, and he was a preacher boy, too. Yeah. And he said, I just want to confess my sin to you. You didn't know, but I've been bitter at you. And this is a guy that I talk talk to every Sunday, right. you know, right. every Sunday, and so that can happen. And, and what a what a mark of grace just to confess that just and move on. It. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Okay. So, last question I have for you guys is really, how are you going to apply this message mm-hmm. this week?
1: I mm-hmm. will start with you. I think I'll I think I'll start calling names out to the Lord. Instead of drop kicking them in my mind, I'm going to call names to the Lord, um, and I, I think that's that's going to that's going to settle it. Okay, I, I've got
2: to have, for lack of a better term, better situational awareness. I got to be aware of, of needs around me, right. and I am. If, if it wasn't for my wife. I think I would be clueless.
0: Yeah. Amen.
2: I, and and so I think that is a unique, whole another subsection of, yeah. of marriage in general. Mm-hmm. I need to be more like her on that. I need to make sure that I am sensitive to people with needs and, and not just a financial need or mm-hmm. not. I need to be able to not be afraid because I am I'm getting in messy situations. I, I don't. I don't like those, and it's very easy for me just to back out mm. or just to offer a word of encouragement here and there. Mm. But that, I, don't, I don't think that's real love, or, or not the love that we're called to. Right? Yes. I need to do that. Yes,
1: and, and there's, like, I gave an older brother application because that's who I am at heart, I'm yeah. a legalist. So old, uh, uh, old, older brother application. But there's also, there's also a younger brother in the sense that um, when you do show love this week, know that that is so incredibly unnatural mm-hmm. when you love someone or show love to someone of a different political affiliation or that looks differently than you or that just has different interests and hobbies, that is so not of this earth and not of your sinful heart right. and that's an evidence of grace when you sh- when you show love and celebrate that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no that's very good and I, I kind of you know as you were keen into one of the things that that Dan said is, you know, to be aware and to have the ability and to choose to help that person. Mm-hmm. I, I think myself personally, as a man, we're oftentimes so task-oriented, like yes. uh, we're just driving towards our objective, towards that goal, and oftentimes we're failing to, to look along at the rider. Mm-hmm. I once heard an analogy like, you know, we're trying to get through a forest and get to the other side. But then we have these wonderful spouses that are kind of pointing out the flowers and the mm. butterflies oh, and the good. birds. and the, but all the things okay. that we're missing because we're so focused on getting to the end that mm. the details that we're oftentimes overlooking, mm. our spouses help bring that to our attention. So mm. uh, really to be aware of the people that are hurting and people that just need you know, us to come out and say, you know, are you okay, brother? Or to send mm. a text message like, I'm praying for you this week and, and just kind of yeah. show that love or to ask them how you can be better praying for them. Mm. Um, so
2: not having all the... Not knowing what to say. Right. I mean, that's what I struggle with all the time.
1: So it's okay not to know Mm. necessarily what to say. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying some of love, like the majority of love, is just being there. Just being there. Not coming with a solution, but just being there. Mm.
0: And I, you experienced that in marriage. Oftentimes, our wives just want us to know that you know that we're there for them, and we want to find solutions for mm. everything.
1: <laughs> I feel like this has made you men better husbands. This sermon, because you yeah, both yeah, mentioned yeah, your yeah. wife multiple yeah. times. It's yeah. good. Yeah. This is going. You did. That's right. <laughs> so this is going to be a rough night for me. Yeah, so little pray little for older, me. So. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom. Yeah. wisdom. Yeah. Poor, poor, poor wisdom
0: is you, Kyle. Okay. Well, Faith Family Church, mm. we, we hope that this sermon was a true blessing to you mm. this week, yes. and that you continue to grow in in truth and in love in Christ. And we look forward to uh, getting you guys back here next mm. week and sitting under the preach word again. Mm. God bless. Mm. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at four nine five Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.